my point is that if the government, all it has to do is, you know, either kill five people or two people or one person or shut down one company or shut down like five AWS nodes and the thing is gone or pauses or has to restart or whatever, like what are we even doing? I mean, it's 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 so ridiculous. The, the whole point of Bitcoin is to separate money from state and especially when it comes to the flow and issuance of money. This is the Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast, a show where average Joe firefighters explore the most important monetary technology of the 21st century. We talk Bitcoin, we talk finance, and we talk shit. Whoa, doggy. Do we have a special discussion for you this week? In this episode, Josh and myself, Dan, are joined by mythical and prolific Bitcoin thinker, someone we're humbled to find out as a regular listener of this show, Gigi. Gigi is a software engineer and writer, among other things. I would describe Gigi as a Bitcoiner's Bitcoiner. His ideas are deeply original and movingly profound. He has had a massive impact on a large number of key names in this space. We both agree that several of his standout pieces will likely stand the test of time as seminal works of Bitcoin literature. We talked to Gigi for almost two hours, so we're going to divide this chat into two fairly distinct parts. In this first hour, we explore a number of topics with Gigi, including why altcoins are camouflage for Bitcoin, why Bitcoin is morally and religiously significant, the nature of intersubjective value, the overwhelming importance of an immutable and digital bearer asset, and why Vitalik Buterin needs a Honda lawnmower. In hour two, we tee the ball up high for Gigi regarding proof of work and why Bitcoin reinvents time itself. Spoiler, he tees off and cranks a drive 320 yards straight up the middle of the fairway. Word of advice, drop everything this second and bookmark daregigi.com. That's D-E-R-G-I-G-I.com. And you can follow him on Twitter at daregigi. As always, you can follow us on Twitter where we're active at blue underscore collar BTC. And if you're picking up what we're putting down here at the Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast, subscribe or leave us a review on Apple. The Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast is brought to you by, yep, you guessed it, CoinKite. CoinKite makes the best security hardware in the business and much more. Get 5% off CoinKite products at CoinKite.com using promo code BCB. Now, first off, I hate to resort to peer pressure, but if you consider yourself a Bitcoiner and you don't have a cold card, in the name of Great Scott's beard, what are you doing? Bitcoin is a digital bearer asset, and there's no better way to take true possession of it than with the tried-and-true, battle-tested, fully air-gapped cold card Mark IV. When storing the most pristine asset on planet Earth, don't compromise. CoinKite also makes the stunning block clock. Track prices, see blocks as they're published by miners, view the next halving date, and throw up tons more cool Bitcoin metrics on a timeless e-ink digital display. What time is it? It's Moscow time. The Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast is also powered by Ledin. Ledin is a very unique financial services company with a highly principled Bitcoin-forward perspective. Ledin is the first ever digital asset lending platform to undergo a formal proof of reserves attestation. This is where an independent public accountant consistently attests that the company is properly accounting for client assets. Simply put, this company mirrors and embraces the transparency, accountability, and auditability of the Bitcoin protocol and network itself. 
If you've listened to BCB much at all, you certainly notice that we advise our listeners to be careful, manage risk, and never get over leveraged. Now, that does include ensuring that any borrowing and lending decisions make sound mathematical sense based on your lifestyle and specific situation. Where available in your jurisdiction, Ledin offers a menu of powerful financial services. Keep ownership of your Bitcoin and access dollar loans with Ledin Bitcoin back loans. Harness your Bitcoin holdings to buy a new property or finance the home you already own with the upcoming Ledin Bitcoin mortgage product. Save Bitcoin and USDC to have access to Ledin dollar loans or their trading service if available. You can look into Ledin's well-architected menu of services at ledin.io, that's L-E-D-N and visit start.ledin.io slash bitcoin and sign up to get $10 USDC for creating and funding an account. Okay, folks, sit back, relax, and prepare to get your mind boggled by the wondrousness of Gigi. And as this thing kicks off, make sure kids around you have earmuffs on. It starts out delightfully frisky. Enjoy. All views and language expressed by the hosts and guests in this podcast are solely their personal opinions and do not reflect their employers or organizations they are associated with. Do not treat any of the content in this podcast as investment advice or as an inducement to follow a particular strategy. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Gigi, welcome. I got to say, we're humbled. We we just learned that you actually listened to our show, um, <laughs> which is kind of shocking, Josh. Like, how is somebody... I don't this know. intelligent spending every week with the two of us it doesn't <laughs> it's, make sense it's kind of mind-blowing <laughs> you, got, you guys don't know that i'm a retard that's that's, that's, <laughs> that's the issue there's no way that's true I, I dan and i just spent like a week reading all your stuff again and it's it hits even harder the second time it's it's incredible stuff the the kind of polymath you need to be to draw parallels between the far-reaching you know stuff from physics to code to bitcoin is it's, it's stunning really Gigi, let me let me say this before I, I let you kind of intro yourself. Um, we at the firehouse, we like to describe amazing things, whatever they are. Most of them non-sexual. We just we say they fuck mm, hard. May okay? disagree. Yeah, I know. Okay, we say this this pizza fucks hard. Okay, mm. I want to say this. Your writing, Gigi, fucks hard. Yeah, I can agree. <laughs> so that. <laughs> Thanks for the kind words, and you know, I, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know in in which episode it was, but uh, um, um, yeah, I I remember you you guys saying uh, this about Bitcoin as well as compared to all other assets, you know, like like Bitcoin, like this guy fucks hard, <laughs> and I agree, I agree, I completely agree. Like yeah, that's a perfect Satoshi yourself. He's got to fuck really hard. If he's still around, oh yeah, he's he's he, slaying he, out he there. He definitely does. Yeah, as, yeah. as someone that's listened to us a lot, though, you know we don't throw this out flippantly. When we say something yeah, no, fucks no. hard, folks, we are dead you mean serious about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. deep. <laughs> Gigi, how deep. are you? Give what? How's your day been? What's going on with you today? Oh, I'm excellent. I'm excellent. I'm I'm living the life as as far as I'm concerned. You know, like I I practice what I preach. So all I do is um, try to produce value, stay humble, stack sets. I'm I'm not faced at all by any price corrections. I'm actually happy about it because you know <laughs> you can stack more sets a little bit. And mm-hmm. you know, I just yeah. I um well I try to again I try to stay on the ground of things and um, just write stuff that's useful. I'm. Um, I'm not coding as much as I wish I would, but I'm I'm working on software and working on the things I love, which is Bitcoin and privacy-related stuff and those kind of things. So uh, life's amazing if you 
you know, like stacking sets is a cheat code. And if you know this, mm, life's it amazing. It really is. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because we, Dan and I harp this on this at the firehouse all the time. Like nothing has changed. Bitcoin yeah. is not broken. Yeah. Everything's fine. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with what's going on except for the fact that the whole macroeconomic landscape has just taken a real hard nosedive yeah. and we're along for the ride and it's just a great opportunity to be stacking sats in a bear market, which is the time to do it when nobody wants to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also the time to really focus in and, you know, build and produce great content and so on, because the, the bull markets are also great. You know, it's, it's, it's great to have your thesis and your worldview validated and so on, but there's so much noise and there are so many scams and it's just, yeah. it's, uh, um, I don't like it as much. And I think most people that have been around for a while will kind of tell you the same thing. It's like the bull market at the bull markets are cool and okay, but the bear markets are really great because then the right people stick around, all the bullshit fades away and fades to the, to the, to the background. And, you know, all the all the shills and everyone who is writing Bitcoin's coattails uh, drops off and they will do something yes. else and do some other scams and just <laughs> build some other non-crypto related permit schemes or whatever they do. I have no idea. <laughs> Pack up the snake oil circus and move to the next town. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You get a picture for who's actually here for the right reasons. Like we're we're not above talking about price, but you know we that's not the thrust of our show. So it wasn't when we were at seventy thousand, and it still isn't when we're at twenty thousand. We're here to explore the ideas and the significance of this discovery, not price action. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know it's 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 also funny. You know, there's this meme, and there's also the, there are all these memes, and there's this old video where the where the where the guy goes through the. The, the last crashes of Bitcoin, it was like, you know, and then it crashed to 30 cents and, and and then it shot back up again to like $10 and then it crashed back down to like $3 or whatever. And then it shot up to $100 and then it crashed back down to $20. And, and it just keeps on going like this. And it's like, you know, uh, so yeah, don't buy Bitcoin. You know, you know, it's going to crash. And it just, you know, it keeps repeating and repeating. Now people are basically going like, Bitcoin is dead because it crashed to 20K or whatever, you know, like I also don't watch the price. So I think the lowest was seven. 17k or something according to twitter memes now uh, that's my <laughs> only price indication is twitter memes <laughs> moscow moscow time and twitter twitter memes and once in a while it's kind of appropriate for even though warren buffett and charlie munger are just old you know technological buffoons they do have some great quotes and one of them from one of those two i can't remember which is when the tide rolls in or rolls out i'm sorry mm -hmm. you see who's swimming naked yeah. who's got no shorts on and it looks like celsius was swimming pretty pretty yeah, naked yeah, yeah, and yeah. voyager and the rest of that crowd they were just <laughs> yeah. literally skinny dipping yeah, yeah, and everyone yeah, yeah, sees yeah. everything now and they're pretty fat and ugly it's i i have like a, a love hate relationship with the shit coins and those kind of uh, ponzi schemes and so on because i think you, you mentioned this too that uh you view shit coins as bitcoin camouflage basically and <laughs> yep. it's like that, that it, it's a very um i think it is very true because all of it is so new and very hard to understand and so bitcoin is kind of um, grouped into the broader crypto space and so in terms of regulation and, and all those kind of things I think um, you know that's good for Bitcoin that some obvious Ponzi schemes and some other things um, you know they will be bidden first kind of and <laughs> regulated yeah. first and so on and but it's also like Bitcoin adoption would go much quicker and it would be way more helpful if those scams wouldn't be here for regular people, because I think the, the people that are suffering from inflation, for example, and really they're fighting a losing battle, you know, like you're, you're in the hamster wheel and it's just, 
<laughs> keeps speeding up. And so these are the people I would really like to help with just writing um, stuff about Bitcoin and just trying to understand it all. And that's also why, you know, I'm, I'm the biggest fan of uh, just auto saying and staying humble and stacking sets because the, the, finally the regular person has something to beat, to beat the whole system, to, to mm. exit the whole unfair system. And right. And all these these Degen finance people and um, all the yeah everyone again who is like using Bitcoin success to build up Ponzi schemes and just straight out scams and also um, distractions from Bitcoin. You know, like it's it's you know it used to be Litecoin. I, I always bring up this example now because everyone knows that Litecoin is such an insane shitcoin. Like it's so terrible and so stupid. So, so it's a great example to bring up because it's always the same formula. You know, like it's, yes, it's Bitcoin yep. is too slow, so you have to use Litecoin. You know, like Bitcoin is too X, so use shitcoin Y. And it's always the same. It doesn't matter if it's you know like speed or on-chain capacity or a smart contracts or privacy or whatever. It's always it's always like don't use Bitcoin. Like use my shitcoin where I'm the huge the biggest backholder. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, once once something like blows up or like in the end it always comes out that all the shills they had like you know bags of 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 the shitcoin you wouldn't even believe. And it's and so, worse than you thought it was. Yeah, when exactly. you, when the information comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. And so uh, it, uh, currently it's like all these degenerate gamblers that just build out build out lending systems and uh, Ponzi schemes and all the rest of it. And I think NVK on the show had a nice quote. I, I was laughing so hard where he's like, you know, we'll, we'll walk 40 years in the desert because of the, the degen logs <laughs> or something. And that's like, yeah, it is true. You know, like it's, it's ridiculous. It's funny you bring up Litecoin too, because in the scheme of, in the, in the realm of shit coins, which there are like 20,000 of them, including one called, you know, jizz rocket or something. That's actually a pretty legitimate coin. Like as far as I'm in this day and age, like 10 oh, years yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. it might've been, yeah. but yeah, now we've got, you know, cell Celsius is nonsense shit coin and everything up and down the line, which is all nonsense completely. At least Litecoin initiated as like some kind of semblance of, you know, a, a use case, even though it's totally bullshit as far as we're concerned. But in this in the realm of shit coins, it's fairly legitimate compared to most of these things. We will be I don't know if we're gonna be hamstrung's not the right word, because in some ways the shit coins absorb people, but then they in some ways delay. Like wh- which of those two is it? And do- it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but it it's it's hilarious to think about them being aligned with Bitcoin to such an extent by the mainstream. It, it's it's the exact opposite of what Bitcoin's trying to accomplish, yeah. and it's yeah. lumped in the same category. No, no, uh, that's exactly right. And I think that the reason why it's the exact opposite is it, it's a moral reason through and through. And I mean, you you guys talked about this as well. Um, and I think it was with VJ where, you know, uh, Bitcoin had this immaculate conception and I wrote about this as well. And it, it is, it is, this is what makes it morally significant. And this is also what makes it, uh, you know, quote unquote, religiously significant. Um, and you can't really replicate this. And, mm-hmm. and so all, um, you know, all the shit coins are tainted from start kind of. And, um, it's, it's. <sighs> Uh, to, shit coins to are born into to, sin, folks. Born yeah, into pretty sin. much. I mean, pretty much. I mean, show me a shit coin that doesn't have a pre mine, you know? And like, also, it, 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 it gets worse and worse. Like you mentioned, it's like they are not even trying anymore. Now you just mint, you know, I don't know, uh, 5 million NFTs that are generated by an AI and you flip everyone for half a million dollars or something. Like, it's, yeah. it's so ridiculous, you know? And, um, I, 
NVK has his handle, like deterministic optimism. It's like, that, that's the only thing we have. Like, and it's, 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 and he mentions this all the time as well. You know, and I think a lot of Bitcoiners have the same opinion. It's Bitcoin either goes to zero or to the moon. Like that's, mm. th those are the only two outcomes. There are no other outcomes. And, and so <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's you, once you realize this, it, everything else becomes a distraction. It's, and if Bitcoin yes. goes to zero, everything else will go to zero too. Like Bitcoin yeah. is the only thing, like if Bitcoin fails, everything else fails too. And it's, but it is, it is also like take everything I say with a, with a grain, uh, or like with a large grain of salt, because everything has so much nuance, you know, like it is Bitcoin mm -hmm. is <laughs> to use your phrase again, you know, the, the, the slippery hog and we're all wrestling with the slippery <laughs> hog, you know, <laughs> we just and tossed a lot of people off the back of that slippery <laughs> oh, hog yeah. in the last couple oh, of months. Definitely. Every homo sapien needs to wrestle with the slippery hog. And it's not only in terms of market movements and so on, but also in just understand, trying to understand this thing and trying to define Bitcoin. And I, I, I mean, I always say, that, say the same kind of things, but it's no one can define Bitcoin for you. What Bitcoin is, you have to decide. You know, like there is no third party. There is no external entity that can tell you what Bitcoin is. You decide for yourself what Bitcoin is by running your own node. That's it. You know, and you you kind of have to understand some things, and you 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 have to make up your mind about some things. But there are people that are running old Bitcoin um, versions that are still in consensus, and some of these versions are pre-Segwit, so their version of Bitcoin doesn't have the Lightning Network, and they probably don't need it. You know, like they're old school, they're like whatever <laughs> whales living in the jungle and having helipads with instead of an H a B on it, and those kind of people, and they, they're religious about it. And it's like you know, Segwit was an effective block size increase, um, uh, and and because now we have like bigger blocks than one megabyte, they don't like this. And some people even run code, um, you know, nodes that have code. Um, that was touched by Satoshi still, you know, like the, the last version that was uh, released by Satoshi. <laughs> and they're still in consensus and that's still Bitcoin, that's still fine. And we will have this problem in, always in perpetuity. Like no one can tell you what Bitcoin is because there is no central authority. So you have to decide for yourself. And it's that that's so fascinating to me, you know, that's why it's such a slippery hog, you know, like yep. you, you, yeah. cannot, you cannot say what Bitcoin is and more importantly, what it will be. The religious aspects of this are so interesting. And I think what we should do with Bitcoin, which is what we've traditionally done with every religion through eternity, which is steal and pillage all of the good parts of the previous religions and just paste them on. So we could have maybe the Bitcoin yeah. Trinity, the nodes, yeah. the miners, the software, maybe slash wetware, the humans. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. man, that's there's so many compelling parallels with comparing religion to this thing. It's it's kind of crazy. Who's Satan in this thing? <laughs> Ooh. Garlinghouse? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh no, who no, knows? He tempts him. you. He's the temptress. Who's the yeah. other clown who was just saying proof of work is wasteful from XRP from uh, Ripple? Oh my god. What is that guy's yeah. name? Can't remember. Anyway. I have I mean I have way this goes without saying, but I have way more sympathy for people that outright hate this and don't understand it than those who have some mm. semblance of understanding and still are deceitful with how they mm. frame it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think these people are, are the worst kind of, you know, where you, you know exactly what you're doing and you're just, um, you know, lying, scamming people and so on. And because, I think it's one of the books everyone should read is The Ethics of Money Production. And that was like, I had multiple kind of, um, uh, you know, moments where the Satoshi really dropped for me. And mm -hmm. one of them was the realization that the, the act of creating money, monetary units, is very, very different than doing anything else. Like if you're providing a regular good or service, then 
especially you know like especially in the current system it, because from the austrian perspective it's like money is the most liquid good and it's a good like everyone else and uh, also in the book the ethics of money production it's it's basically it's basically an, an a moral and ethical argument why government should never be involved in creating money period and so you have competition and then you have you know all the shit coins and so on but but you trust in the market um to like you trust the market forces to figure out what is the hardest money in terms of like hardest to produce and what is the most liquid good what has the best monetary characteristics and then you will have one money basically like that's what mm -hmm. happened with the gold standard and so on like because yeah. money is singular like that's 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 also something that people don't realize that's uh, <laughs> especially the shitcoin it's like you know you want to have a token like the, 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 the oh let's tokenize everything okay well welcome to barter you know if you tokenize absolutely everything you don't need money in the first place you can't just yeah. you know trade whatever it is <laughs> it's, yeah right it's also stupid man. have you read nick zabo's piece uh shelling out Oh yeah, yeah, of course. You're just reminding me of some of the, the some of the examples from that. Like of, um, I think the Africans were using beads, glass beads, as money, and the Europeans yeah, yeah. realized, holy shit, we can just make as many glass beads as we want. We'll trade these glass beads for their gold, and so basically they hyperinflated their glass beads and took all yeah, their yeah. valuable goods. And so that's why hard money wins. If you can produce the money, that's also why they were called slave beats. Because if you can produce someone's money very easily, way easier than they can, then you can just, you know, infiltrate them and just buy everything they have. And, and uh, that's why um, the, the settlers came and they had their boats full of glass beads and they just right. bought people outright, you know, bought absolutely everything. I mean, yeah. you look at the middle class today and it's, I mean, it's almost yeah, a same thing is parallel to that. Yeah, the middle thing, class yeah. is getting eaten alive by this money creation. That is, a tr you know, a trip. It's the Cantillon effect is taking it to the top and everyone is kind of sliding down the scale, except yeah, yeah. for the people in the five, maybe one to five percent at the top. Yeah. And and the, the, the point I'm trying to make, and I that's why I recommend absolutely everyone should read the ethics of, of money production um, by Hülsman. And it's, I have never read that, believe it or not. Have you? Yeah, Josh? you should. No, you I have it. Who wrote? Do you know who wrote that? Uh, Jörg Guido Hulsmann, so it's a German name. <laughs> I'm not sure how to pronounce it in English. <laughs> it's, is that a pretty old one? It sounds like it would be. Um, no, I think it was... It doesn't have Bitcoin in it, but I think it was written around the same time, something like that. Uh, it's not Dang. that old, uh, so probably like 2009. Or, uh, but I don't, I don't know. Um, okay. Um, but it, it, it's not terribly, terribly old because there are some there are some books on money uh, that are like 100 years old or, or older that are absolutely ex excellent. And one is one yeah. is called the German title is uh, Agendarius, um, and it's letters from a central banker to his son. Um, the the English title is a little bit different. It's something like hard money or something i don't know uh, i'll have to look it up but it was recently translated to english just just like six months ago or a year ago or something and um it's i think one of the best books when it comes to um exactly the question of money production what is the difference between the difference between a base money and currency like what is the difference of of gold itself and and the notes that you get that are redeemable for gold and so on, you know? And I mean, now mm -hmm. every Bitcoiner kind of knows this. And, um, you know, like if you read Seyfedin and if you read the field standard, it's basically, you know, the saleability across time and the saleability across space. And um, gold had this problem that you cannot send it around very quickly and that it's, you have to store it very securely because otherwise someone can come and just steal it and transport is difficult and so on, As, again, because of stealing. And um, so they... They put a second layer technology, so to speak, on top of gold to make it easier to transport across space. Because mm -hmm. gold 
holds its wealth very well across time, even though it has like 2% inflation or something like that, because we dig more gold out of the ground all the time. But still, like if you have five gold bars <laughs> and you pass it on to your, the next generation and the next generation, you're still doing really well, like even over hundreds or, or thousands of years, you know? And so... Um, it's very different than fiat money in that respect because if you have like fiat money under your mattress and you keep it there for 200 years, um, the fiat money will be worthless because no fiat money survives longer than like uh, 130 years or something. Um, the, the average time of fiat money is like 30 years or something ridiculously yeah. low. Like all fiat monies die. All fiat monies go to zero because they're worthless. <laughs> and that comes back to the question of, of money production and the free market for money and so on. Right. And, back and, to its intrinsic value. Yeah, exactly. If 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 money is easy to to make, then uh, the I would say that the kind of the the marginal cost of making more, you know, and the, because intrinsic value is 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 you know it's um, in the Austrian school of economics it doesn't really exist because value is. Um, it's so subjective. tricky to talk about these things because value is definitely subjective. You know, what's valuable to you, I cannot tell. It's very different than what's valuable to me. That's also why, why Saylor talks about inflation being a vector because depending on your tastes and your lifestyle and whatever um, and your circumstances, like if you have kids that go to college, inflation hits you very differently than uh, if, if, if you're a single guy or whatever, you know? And um, I, I always like to say that value is subjective but money is like the language of intersubjective value if you want if you mm. if you want like what what markets do is they 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 figure out the intersubjective value of things because if you bring a lot of people together and let them trade and figure it out then you will find the market price and that's just, that is the that is kind of you know the the intersubjective value but it's not really an objective value. You, you, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just that something, something com comes out of it and most people are willing to, you know, sell you, I don't know, their phone for <laughs> 300 bucks or whatever. And it's, uh, you have to understand all, all of these kind of things to, to also understand money and, and, and um, money production and the ethics of money production. Because if you're selling something to the market, a good or a service, then you're actually producing something for society that other people find valuable and they will voluntarily give money to you. They will, they will, they will you know, trade their stored wealth, their stored time for whatever you're producing. So that's an, a net benefit. And just producing money, printing money in the fiat system right now, someone prints, some, someone presses a button and it's like $6 trillion come into existence, you know? And that's, that's a destructive act. And you're not producing anything for society that is valuable, you know? Like you're, you're just inflating mm -hmm. the money supply and it's, it's such a different thing. And once I figured this out, it's like, uh, or like, you know, a light bulb went off in my head. That's, uh, and that's also like uh, the whole reason why I went on this rant is like you know the, the religious aspect of Bitcoin and the immaculate <laughs> conception of Bitcoin we have perfect money now no one has any influence on its monetary issuance and that's also something that Hayek talked about that the, the root of all monetary evil is the government control of the issuance and flow of money and Bitcoin fixes both of these things because it, it, it kind of is like a, a a natural law now you know that the issuance of bitcoin and the flow of bitcoin cannot be controlled by any single party especially not by governments the it, bitcoin is purpose built to be government resistance like uh, to be government resistant and that's also why like if you're working on a shit coin and the shit coin is not government resistant what are you even doing you know like you have no idea you, you, yeah. why are you wasting your time you know 
You're trying to get rich. Of course. Yeah. We say on here, like, we're not talking about something that's going to last for a decade or two decades. For this use case to be intact, for this thesis to be what the three of us think it is, this thing needs to be prepared to exist for centuries, right? It yeah. needs to have the decentralization and immutability to hold up into perpetuity with threats that we haven't even envisioned yet. When you compare that lofty goal with many of these altcoin projects, it, you just laugh. I mean, it is, <laughs> that's where the scam is most exposed to me, as you say, how is this going to hold up for 30 years? You know, look at XRP, for example. How is some proprietary software backed by traditional funding run by CEOs and boards <laughs> yeah. going to be base layer <clears throat> human settlement language in the future for decades? Like it's not. It's yeah. so obviously no. not. If it gets big enough, the government will come in and just, you know, the party is over. And that's also, right. also what always happened before Bitcoin. You know, many people tried to do um, digital gold or um, e-cash or whatever before Bitcoin. And it, it, it always kind of worked, you know, and then it got big and then the government stepped in and the party was yep. over. And this will yep. be true for all the, all the shitcoins basically too, you know, like it's especially also like the more complicated something is, the harder it will be to run a node. And the more centralized the whole system will be. And with all the smart contract shitcoins, like pick anyone. There's like hundreds. But you know, like I because I I will not I will not mention shitcoins by name because I think shitcoins <laughs> thrive on exposure. So shitcoin that shall not be named. Yeah, yeah, no. Like yeah. I, I'm serious about this because it's like, okay, I'm mentioning some name and it's like I've I have five or six different now in my head. And I mentioned one of them, and someone who is clueless will hear it and it's like, ah, okay, that's the good smart contract thingy now and so on. So might you you know, maybe invest something whatever you know put some money in there no 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 they're all shit like don't even name them but my point is that if the government all it has to do is you know either kill five people or two people or one person or shut down one company or shut down like five aws nodes and the thing is gone or pauses or has to restart or whatever like what are we even doing you know like what what the fuck are you guys doing i mean it's 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 so ridiculous the the whole point of Bitcoin is to separate money from state and especially when it comes to the flow and issuance of money. And so th that's why I love you guys so much because you figured this out as well in terms of it's not about making money in the in sense of creating the monetary tokens, you know? Like it, it's it's just like in the in the gold standard the winning strategy was not to dig gold out of the ground. It it was to specialize, do something you're good at, you know, fighting fires, being paramedics, whatever, having hard money that you can trust in. And with with gold, it was, um, I mean, you know, no one knew this back in the day, but gold does not go away. Gold does not rust. Gold does not react with anything. Gold does not, you know, destroy itself. And just you can you can the reliable thing about gold is that it's scarce. It's very very hard to produce more of it, and it's stable atomically. So it's the, the, the physical properties of gold make it very good money. With Bitcoin, it's very similar. But it's way, way, way better than gold. It's like a 10x improvement on gold, at least. I would even say it's like a 100x improvement on gold. Because Bitcoin is pure information and you can teleport it. And it's, it's so, so what you should do is like 
you don't have to, you know, invest in something or become like a real estate agent on the side or become like a stockbroker on the side or whatever, or go into the casino with your hard-earned money. No, do whatever you're good at. The example I give always now is like, you know, just mow some fucking lawns, man. Just if you're good at <laughs> mowing lawns, mow, mow the fucking lawns, live below your means, and you, you have a tool where you can save. And if you're good at lawn mowing, like you, you'll, you'll build a business and you'll buy more lawnmowers and you'll, you'll hire a guy that helps you and then you mow two, two lawns at the same time and then five and you'll be like you'll, you'll be doing well and you see this you see this at the um when we were at the gold standard you know it was it's called the belle epoque for for a reason everyone was able to specialize and you you didn't have to care about where to store your money like money is there to be you know money is storage already that's why money yeah. exists and now we have it vitalik do you hear that you should be mowing lawns just give up on this whole thing um, yeah. better, make the world be a better place. Yeah, the, the world would be a way, company. way better place, man. Get yourself a Honda lawnmower, Vitalik. They're the best. Okay, I can sw- swear by them. Strong engine. It's a strong, strong engine. engine. Gigi, here's what I was going to say about the gold thing you mentioned. Bitcoin being so much better. This se- this is so obvious to me. We know we we have the track record of understanding why gold failed as base layer. Money. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned this earlier. It failed because of portability, divisibility. Mm. And I would argue censorship resistance because mm-hmm. it was prone to centralization. Maybe you yes. could be, say because of the difficulty of portability. So we yes. know why gold failed. And now we see that Bitcoin is doing and can potentially do the things gold couldn't. Yeah. So it, the Bitcoin is better than gold thing, at least as we play out this scenario of separating money from state, mm. reinserting a sound base layer for mm. the exchange of value for homo sapien. It's so mm. obvious to me why yeah. Bitcoin has the potential to be better. We know why gold failed. Bitcoin steps in to fix those flaws. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's... Uh, the problem is I like the gold bugs because they they got the diagnosis of the pro- problem right. But I think that yes. the main problem is mm-hmm. they're just nostalgic. You know, they're not naive. They're not naive, but they're nostalgic. The shitcoiners are naive. And if you want to... If you want to, for example, if you want to start a new religion, like you said in the beginning, you know, something that picks the best from all the existing religions, you don't want to be naive and you don't want to be nostalgic. And I think that's true for all systems. Like if you want to build the internet or whatever, if you want to do something, something that changes the world completely and does something completely new, if you're naive and if you're nostalgic, you're not going to make it. And the gold bucks are nostalgic. It's also fair to say, I think, that gold could prove to be a great investment and a very strong asset moving forward. But it, in my view, it does not have the potential to rewrite the language of value. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is, is that fair? You know, it, this may be so. a great investment moving forward, especially in an inflationary environment. But it seems obvious that it's, it's failed enough times. It's been centralized enough times mm. that it's not 21st century proof. Yeah, I mean, it's I I don't understand the people that argue that we should go back to a gold standard because it's like it never worked in the first place. Really, it worked for a short amount of time, and it will you know immediately run into the same issues. Even worse, because you know the world is digital. If you can't email gold, it's it's worthless, basically. You for know, sure. like it's it, that's the world we are living in. And the the thing is that I think gold, as you said, can win in the short term. I think it's there's no question in my mind that it all comes down to information asymmetry. And I think the outcome will be that just like silver was demonetized, gold will be demonetized too. And Bitcoin will demonetize gold. And Bitcoin will also 
demonetize <clears throat> many other assets like real estate and I don't know, you know, whatever. Pick art, for example. Uh, I mean, <laughs> people, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think I think Saifedean uh, uh, said it first or something along the lines. But if, if the money is broken, everything else will become money. And that's what we're seeing now. You know, everyone is fleeing into something, buying something, <laughs> hoarding something, um, yeah. you know, just trying to buy real estate or or like old cars or some art or whiskeys or rolex watches or what have you and uh, that's a side effect of the money failing it's it's not that these are actually great assets and i think with again like once the nostalgic people die like the the, the fortnite players they will not ape into gold they just won't (laughs) no they won't like (laughs) they they absolutely will not like if if you used v bucks for like 15 years of your life you will not go like oh yeah oh man i i I need to get my hands on some you know gold coins or or, or whatever i think part of the problem we're having is that we've i mean our medical science has come so far we're we're keeping these boomers alive till they're like 90 years old in office and (laughs) we're just not letting them die off I, I mean, think yeah, that's yeah, core a, of the problem here. If you, you you saw the you saw the um, <laughs> you know I am Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Kind of it's like if you have, if you if you have a guy that just reads absolutely everything that's on the teleprompter, that's that's not a good um, situation. Shakes hands in. with ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Puts um, puts yeah. on medals backwards. And I I mean you I I don't care about <laughs> politics at all, and especially not about American politics. But it is it is kind of scary, you know the the kind it of clou- it's clown, a clown show. show. Yeah, that, yes. that we're witnessing. And it's a it's, clown show. I, I I think it's. I really hope. And that comes back to uh, what we said before in regards to shitcoins and the shitcoins uh, being kind of a, a Bitcoin camo- camouflage or like a, a shield in a way or something to hide in. Um, I really hope that the transition to a Bitcoin standard, so to speak, doesn't go too quickly. Or l- let me put it in another way. Like, I really hope that the fiat downfall <laughs> doesn't go too quickly. And I'm, I'm actually... I'm hopeful because it also took like it, it took I don't know like 300 years or something for Rome to fall <laughs> and I, I yeah. really hope that um, uh, thanks to Bitcoin I mean I see it already in my life I, I exited the fiat life more or less completely um, you know <laughs> I, I work in Bitcoin full time I live and breathe and think Bitcoin my whole family is all in um, all my friends are Bitcoiners <laughs> it's like you know my, my life changed so much that I'm living in the parallel economy already you know Granted, I still need to use uh, fiat currency from time to time, depending on what country I'm in. You can't pay outright with Bitcoin all the time everywhere yet. But I think we we have a different situation now than we had when Rome fell and when, when other empires fell, that we actually have a viable alternative. And it's more like yeah. the, the Ayn Randian idea of uh, um, uh, Galt's Gulch, where you know, like all the competent mm-hmm. people that see what's going on and it doesn't even like you only have to (laughs) i mean you you still kind of have to be competent to 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 understand it it's funny you bring that book up because the parallels to that book i mean are so compelling these days you see Mm. you see you know biden's tweet which was done by some 20 year old kid out of college that's telling gas stations to stop charging people full price for gas like these guys are not making profits on gas they make profits from selling candy in the in the gas station <laughs> yeah like yeah. their their profit margin on gas is like one to two percent and this is the yeah. kind of ignorant stuff that to see a president say on a mm. public forum is is just mind-boggling and it is yeah. it's straight out of atlas shrugged where you know the productive people the unproductive people telling the productive people how to run their lives and these mm. unproductive people don't even have the clue how anything actually works they're just yeah. leeches they're just sucking the lifeblood out of the rest of the economy 
and the productive people in the book just decide to fuck off and and yeah. let the let the leeches eat themselves yeah and I, I think we see this play out now i think um you know you see it with the um uh the the trucker uprising in canada now the farmers uprising in in the netherlands and yeah. other places and it's just you know like if, if just some people that have no clue what they're talking about are like okay um you know like 30 percent of you cannot use fertilizers anymore for reasons and it's like no like you you guys have no idea what you're doing and it we see it also with you know breakdowns of uh power grids and power production i mean <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the funniest thing was in Germany. It was like, you know, ah, nuclear power is bad, so we have to switch it all off and we are going to switch to, to renewables, which, you know, in the Bitcoin world are also called unreliables. And uh, <laughs> and, and, and now suddenly, you know, like, okay, um, if we don't do anything, then like, I don't know, like 5 million people are going to freeze to death this winter because there's just not enough energy to go around. And, you know, the only energy they can get is basically from Russia. And that's not good because you know, Russian-Ukraine conflict, and it's basically, um, you know, a dictator versus uh, democracy. And so you have to, 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 to play nice on the world stage. You, even though you're, you're buying all the gas and all the oil anyway, but you have to act as if you are not doing this. And then, you know, the funniest outcome was now that, um, all right, how, how do we get out of this? We, all right, ah, uh, natural gas. Yeah, that's green. That's green technology now. Uh, nuclear, nuclear is also green. So um, now we can finally do it again. You know, like just declare nuclear and gas. <laughs> that's green energy again. The goalpost is just moving. It's such a scary thing to watch. Um, energy is the most foundational thing of a civilization. Like we can't operate or run our lives anywhere near what it is we're used to if we don't have prolific energy and cheap energy. Yes. And we're mm -hmm. watching this regression of civilization right now like it's it's really scary and it's i mean who's to say how frail and fragile this thing is when you you pull the the curtain back and you raise energy prices to a certain level like things get really scary especially when people can't afford the minimum to make their lives like the, there's going to be uprising there's going to be a lot of upheaval and it's scary to think that it's not impossible for this to turn into something way darker yeah I agree. I agree. But I'm, I'm kind of, you know, to go back to NVK again, you know, like uh, deterministic optimism. optimism. I'm, I'm, I'm an, I, I really am optimistic about the future. And it's also like, I mean, we are living in amazing times. Just, just the fact that we have like smartphones and Wi-Fi and <laughs> streaming video, and we can have this conversation at the internet and, and this shit. It's, it's absolutely amazing. So in my cool. Point. And, 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 and what a time to be in Bitcoin. Like oh, I yeah, tweeted, absolutely. I tweeted, retweeted something Lavera sent earlier this week. He had this video. I don't know what this guy's name is. He's somewhere in Europe, but he does these these videos where he goes around and interviews people. And he was literally trying to give Bitcoin to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One Bitcoin or a hundred bucks. And they're like, yeah, I'll take the hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just trying to give them Bitcoin and like, nah. And, and, and meanwhile, I'm sitting there saying, I think this is the most pristine thing on planet Earth. Like yeah. what a time to be alive and... What a time for the middle and lower class, to be honest. Yeah. There, there's this sort of fascinating juxtaposition. Mm. On one hand, the precarious economic environment that we're in and will face moving forward can send the middle and lower class, you could say, one of two directions. If you're mm. clueless, unfortunately, the debasement and inflation is going to insidiously reduce your buying power mm -hmm. on one hand. But if you're aware of this new bright orange monetary technology, and even if you're stacking a little bit of it, the potential for you and your family and your legacy is insanely significant mm -hmm. in my view. And it, it, 
you mentioned it earlier. This is a binary thing. Mm. I've said to my my dad before, trust me, Bitcoin's not going to trade at fifty thousand dollars for the next ten years. Like it's just it's just not going to do that. It's going to either go to a number that's going to make your head explode, or it's going to disappear. It's one of the two. Obviously, the three of us are on one end of that spectrum. But man, what a freaking opportunity for people that can grasp even a little bit of the significance here. Yeah, yeah. And and I also I always kind of give the same advice to people, and it's just you know just start stacking sets and get a little bit. And the reason why I say this is not. I, I think, again, DCAing is the best strategy because you have no idea what Bitcoin is doing because just um, the world is so fucked up. And, and it basically, one chart I recently uh, tweeted out again is the um, the volatility of uh, the 1920s of the, the gold yeah. chart, you know, and that's what we are currently living through. But it's not gold, it's Bitcoin. And it's, uh, you know, pick whatever fiat currency as, as on, on the y-axis. And for sure, once you once you figured out that the, the fiat system is volatile, and uh, the Bitcoin system is anything but volatile, and I'm just speaking about the system, not about the price. Bitcoin is the most stable system we ever had as humanity, period. Like there's nothing that compares ever. Approximately every 10 minutes, a new block comes in. You know exactly what the thing is going to do. It works like clockwork, you know, and of course, you know, I, I wrote about this at length, how Bitcoin is actually a clock and how Bitcoin is time and so on. But I think the people, most people are not thinking about it in the right way yet. And I think, um, who was it? I think, I think Ben was it. I think BTC Sessions mentioned it that um, uh, on your pod where he said that you should think about your exposure to the fiat system because the fiat mm. system is actually the one that's risky. And I completely wholeheartedly agree. Like if you're exposed to the fiat system massively, it doesn't matter how if you have like big loans or, you know, all, all the wealth in fiat or or whatever. Just, you know, be careful. We see it now in the US as well with the um, variable uh, rate loans um, for mortgages, you know, and it's just like, don't do this. It's you, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. It's like <laughs> one month you're paying back uh, 800 bucks and the next month you're paying back like 2000 bucks, you know, like that's that's how these things go. <laughs> and, you know, people are conditioned to consume though, Gigi. Like it is, and, and people are at fault. I'm not, you know, recusing them of all whole blame here but we've we've lived in a world where in most people's lifetimes the cost of capital has been suppressed yeah huge debt loads have been normalized and people are just used to owning way more crap than they should like yeah. in the circles we run in we we are around a lot of people that have a middle class income trying as hard as they can to live upper class lifestyle and eventually that implodes mm. but that's just become totally normal man i mean yeah. i i drive around these you know neighborhoods sometimes and my wife and i'll just be like how in the fuck does everybody <laughs> afford all this shit? Yeah, and the don't. answer is that half of them or 70% of them just can't, yeah. you know? Yeah, but it, it's just payments. become so normal. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's like cash flow is king. That's why the whole system is so insanely fragile. And I mean, we saw this um, with the housing crisis and the great financial crisis <clears throat> that, that followed it. And I mean, the Preston often says, you know, we're all spoiled rich kids collectively, basically. And also <laughs> <laughs> critical thinking is absent, you know, like um, people are just not thinking critically about these things and they don't realize, uh, you know, it used to be like a, a tail risk um, that, um, you know, something happens in the financial system and your house that you're still paying off is actually not your house, but, uh, you know, it will be the house of the bank. <laughs> and I, I think now we're we're just in... Um, such volatile and uncertain times and uh, just 
look at all the, look just look at the charts basically look at the m2 money supply charts look at i don't know uh i mean i'm not a financial expert but i you, you just talk to anyone who knows about those kind of market conditions and they will all tell you the same thing shit is not looking good and yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> i mean you guys mention this also all the time we're and and i, I think everyone everyone every bitcoin has the same journey or a very similar journey and that's coming back to my suggestion of just start stacking sets that's because you will learn how to use bitcoin and you will learn bitcoin and what bitcoin actually is and bitcoin is a lifeboat and you always mention the four eyes that you know first it seems idiotic it was the same for me like i dismissed bitcoin for years and years and years i thought it was idiotic and then it becomes interesting because it doesn't die <laughs> i mean you know bitcoin just doesn't die and then once you hear it for the third time over multiple months or years or whatever um it suddenly becomes interesting and then it becomes important and then it becomes imperative. And I think a lot of Bitcoiners <laughs> that are, are all in, they know that Bitcoin is imperative for them and, your, and their, their life and their future and the family and the world and so on. And a lot of, you know, the, I don't know. I, I mean, it depends. You know, there are some macro and finance people that um, uh, think it's it's just important. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I think it's absolutely imperative and, and I'm... I'm I wouldn't even know, like uh, someone asked me just like two or three days ago, um, what other asset would you store your wealth in? And I was like, I wouldn't. I would probably, you know, live like a monk and have, I'd rather have nothing than risk anything. <laughs> you know, like I'll just, I can, I'm fine with just, you know, having absolutely nothing and just getting up at 5 a.m. and begging for some rice or whatever and drinking water off a stream and that's it. Like everything <laughs> else is such a shit coin. It's not even funny. And I, I think more people will figure this out. And that's why stacking sets and just getting some, ex some exposure to it is so important because then you'll figure out, okay, what is a wallet? How do I use it? What is a seed phrase? How do I store the seed phrase securely somewhere? What happens when I lose my backup? Well, you're fucked. There you go. What is a multisig? What is lightning? How do how do you use it? Because if you know that when shit hits the fan, you suddenly can use it. You know, then then yes. then, then you're comfortable, and then and then it's kind of easy to like. Let's say let's say something happens politically, or just like we saw with COVID, and you suddenly have to flee your country or just whatever, right. and. Uh, or, you know, Ukraine crisis, whatever. There, there were a lot of people from Ukraine that just had to flee almost overnight. And then it, then it's, if you, <laughs> if you know how to do this, you can actually sell your stuff and sell it for Bitcoin outright or just convert stuff into Bitcoin and just put 12 words in your head and go over the border. That's how powerful Bitcoin is. And people don't, don't realize this yet. And the, the beautiful thing, that's, that's what you also always mentioned and just mentioned before, that everyone can use it. Like all the blue color people can use it. There's no barrier to entry. Bitcoin is absolutely free to everyone. It's just like numbers, you know, like you, everyone can learn one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's like there's no barrier to entry. You, the only barrier to entry is your interest in it and how much time you're willing to put in to understand it and use it and so on. Yep. And Gigi, by have it, you mean actually have it possess the bearer thing this is what so many yeah. people don't compute is yes you can go on robin hood and buy stocks but when we're gaming out crazy scenarios of the future where things get commandeered or thwarted or manipulated there's a broker between you and that asset yeah. that's what's that's the the bare nature of bitcoin is potentially the most empowering thing for the yes. average joe some random venezuelan farmer with a smartphone can possess bare digital asset for the first time in human history yeah. so significant man yeah, that can't be overstated yeah. really yeah. can't it, it it's almost impossible to wrap your head around this like it, it, it really is. is almost impossible because it is a digital bare asset what does it mean you know it's it, it's it's these words like we we always use these words but people don't don't kind of 
<laughs> try to see the meaning behind it and what, what this really means. Bitcoin is just pure information, all of it, you know, even with the proof of work and so on, but it's the Bitcoin system itself consists only of information. You need electricity to keep it alive and to secure it and so on, but everything in Bitcoin is just text. It's just pure information. It's all text all the time. And that's what people mean when they say digital, digital bearer asset, that in the information itself is the value. And that's why your seed phrase, you know, your private key, 12 words, I always say 12 words, you know, it's either 12 or 24 or whatever, but just to keep it simple, it's 12 words, you can have them in your head. And it's not, it's not like it's a password to a, a bank or to an account or something. No, it's the <laughs> yeah. value itself. It, it, it would be as if, let's say you have like 10 gold bars and you somehow liquefy them and put them in your brain. Let's say it doesn't kill you. Let's say this is how it works. You know, this yeah. is what you do with Bitcoin. And then at the other side of, th of the world, you can, you can put these 12 words into a hardware wallet or whatever. And, you know, you will have access to, to like, you can, you can transfer the Bitcoin to someone else again. And that, that's the use of money. The use of money is to transfer it to someone else. It's either someone else directly or yourself in the future. That's the only purpose of money. If you can eat money, it's really bad money. <laughs> you know, yeah. if, if money goes away, it's really bad money. <laughs> Unfortunately, most people, when they decide to put their gold inside themselves, they don't use their head. Yeah, no. I know. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you know, it's there. There, there are some. There are some <laughs> speculations. How many, hey, Gigi, you, as a listener, you may know how many times have we talked about gold dildos on this oh, show? Man. It's quite At a least few. A it's probably three no, or four have, now. Have you seen? Have you seen the the um, open dime butt plugs? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> yes, there we, we talked to NBK about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 he, uh, yeah. He's an advocate. The rounded corners. Yeah, he, he definitely is. <laughs> uh, he definitely is an advocate. I want to, I've heard you describe in really great and luminous detail about why proof of work and proof of, proof of stake are so mm. vehemently different and why proof of stake is basically tantamount to nonsense. I'd love to hear yeah. you uh, run that, run that by us and just, and hear you flesh that out because it's a really important point because 99% of these other coins are proof of stake. And the reasoning behind why proof of stake is just a is simply the same technology we've used for ages when it comes to political money. Yeah. Can you enumerate that for us? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, um, <laughs> proof of stake really kind of triggers me for multiple reasons because it's it <laughs> should triggered. be. Yeah, yeah it's, we want it's, you triggered. It, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> GG triggered. <laughs> Wait, hold on, GG. Before you tee off on this, I hate to do this to you guys, but I got to pee like a Clydesdale. Um, right, and I have ahead. a feeling we're going to go for a little longer if you're yeah. okay. So I'm going to disappear for like two minutes and then let's if you go. Mind. Let's go. Should okay. I talk about Should anything else? That, that yeah. Just shoot miss? the shit with Josh for a All second. Right. We'll cut this. Hold All on. Right. Yeah, we'll just shoot the no, shit. I, I don't believe in cutting. <laughs> All righty, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for part one of our chat with Gigi. Stick around until the end of this outro. If you want to hear what these two weirdos talk about while I'm taking a piss, as you'll see in around 35 seconds, it gets really strange. Next week, GG returns for hour two, and this time we clear the stage for him to monologue on the significance of proof of work and why the Bitcoin protocol reinvents time itself. You do have a non-negotiable homework assignment between now and the release of the next episode. Go spend 20 minutes and read GG's post, Bitcoin is Time. It's linked down in the show notes. Reading through this piece will really prep you to digest what GG explores next time. As always, if you're liking the show, subscribe and leave us a review on Apple or whatever app you're using for podcasts or on YouTube. Happy reading, and we'll see you next week on the Blue Collar Bitcoin Podcast. Now, without further ado, enjoy listening to these two losers talk about butt plugs. Yeah, we'll just let this roll. <laughs>
we can talk about butt plugs. You, I remember. I can. I what remember. What size are you? What size are you, Gigi? What size butt plug do you prefer? Uh, 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 how, uh, how does the saying go? Like, a oh, you're probably metric, right? So we like have. That. If you're metric, we might not be talking the same language there, here. So there was a. There was a. Um, <laughs> There was something. There was something from the 2017 bull market where uh, some company developed uh, dildos and butt plugs that would vibrate depending on a certain, you know, crypto shit coins going up or down. So you could get literally <laughs> fucked by the price, you know, like by the price movements of Litecoin and XRP or whatever. Yeah, there's no way we're cutting this part out. Um, I haven't heard of that, but that's genius. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you can just get real-time data right into the most sensitive part of your body yeah. about how your investments are doing. I mean, yes. I feel like Robinhood should have capitalized on this Oh yeah, with the retail traders <laughs> jumping on board. Uh, we'll actually we'll send you the free butt plug that'll let yeah. you know how. Yeah, your it would be it would be big, you know, in the NFT community. I feel like you know you you buy you know it's some bored ape and you get a <laughs> not very bored butt plug with it. Sent by, do you guys fill the time I was gone just talking about butt plugs? Yes, yeah, we did. Exactly. There's yeah. no way we're cutting that. By the way, <laughs> it's in yeah, there, it's, dude. It's gold. <laughs> wow, I overdid it on the coffee this morning, but uh, I'm strapped back in. Continue. Keep going on the butt plug. Gigi Sean. was just explaining how. In 2017, there was someone who built a butt plug that would vibrate with your shitcoin's price. Yeah. So you know <laughs> if it was going up or down based on the kind of vibrations you were feeling. Yeah, you could get fucked by the market. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's great.